You are listening to the Delay and Pray podcast, episode number 16. Welcome to the Delay and Pray podcast, where certified Catholic and weight loss coach Beth Bubick teaches you how to permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting. Get ready to gain faith and lose weight through a joyful transformation of both body and soul. Now, your host, Beth, the Catholic Fasting Coach. Hello, everyone. All right. Well, today is the podcast where you get out your wallets. Yes, today we are talking about almsgiving. Now, don't get nervous. In fact, if my husband's listening, his eyes are probably getting a little wide. He's getting a bit nervous. (laughs) Relax, Mike. We've got this. It's Lent. We do this every Lent. So almsgiving is the third pillar of Lent. And it is just as important as prayer and fasting, although it runs, you know, in last place and may not be considered as much as the other pillars. We actually just don't talk about it quite as much um, past like the rice bowl, right? So I do want to broach the subject. I do want to talk to you a little bit more about what I've learned about almsgiving and what it means to me and how important it has become um, as I'm becoming a spiritual fasting expert, it's really, really become important. So I just want to share that with you. And, you know, isn't it the way it is with most of us when we kind of check the boxes of Lent? We're like, okay, prayer, yeah, okay, I'm ramping that up, of course. Fasting, ooh, you know, I'll try to do that. And then almsgiving, well, ooh, I'll have to figure out a plan for that one and kind of comes last and maybe we don't get to it past just maybe working on it just a little bit, right? So interesting that almsgiving can really remain stagnant in our lives. And this is something that we will think about and formulate a plan when there's time, but sometimes the time just doesn't come. And so why is this? Why does there need to be a strategy for almsgiving? Because like making time in our schedule for prayer and intentionally getting hungry for God through fasting, giving more of our money away to others is not comfortable. But it is totally necessary for a really fruitful Lent and a fruitful life as well. So obviously, as I always say, Lent is just the beginning. If you're listening to this podcast outside of Lent, you can actually just start now. Lent is just a good stepping stone to where we're going. So I have learned over time that all three pillars take a lot of thought, they take planning, and they take preparation to complete. All are equally important, and they all change depending on your season in life. Just like prayer and fasting, almsgiving is left a bit up to interpretation as to you know what it really is and how are you going to put giving in place in your life, exactly what will you give? And if money is involved, how much will you be giving at this time? So wow, these are some great questions to ask ourselves. Lent is a great time to reflect on all these things. So first of all, let's talk about what almsgiving really is. Almsgiving is a form of charity that helps us to get out of ourselves and give to others in creative and generous ways. It's an outward sign of deep friendship for those we love, those we know, and those in our community who need our help. It usually involves sacrifice on behalf of the giver to provide for the needs of someone else. It's so good for others, and it's so good for us, for those we know, and for those that we do not know. In giving from the heart at this time, attachments to greed are broken. Um, You get freedom of soul. This is what's gained. 
And bonds of community are formed in so many ways. It's truly just the beginning of a fruitful year and something that we need to focus on. So I've learned over the years that it's so much more than simply giving money. Almsgiving, given from our precious personal accounts of time, talent, and treasure, deepen our prayer life and brings a greater sense of meaning to our hunger and spiritual fasting. And in fact, almsgiving helps keep us busy and creative in our goal of physical fasting so that we are not just waiting around hungry for our next meal, right? So we can get busy helping others, helping our community, and just keep our minds off food and and onto being the hands of Christ on this earth for others. So this is how almsgiving blends with the other spiritual pillars of prayer and fasting, blending this into a life well-lived and a Lent spent caring for our neighbors and loved ones in need. Almsgiving combined with prayer and fasting accentuates a greater understanding of what it means to go without while fasting. In this culture of next day prime delivery and DoorDash meals, the question is, can we delay buying for ourselves, delay eating for ourselves, and pray for our usual loved ones and friends and really reach into the deep and really suffer just a bit in time, talent, and treasure for those who cannot give back to us. And this is where the hard work comes in, when the money is given for those who cannot give back, especially. So a few lengths ago, my husband and I prayed about the money and almsgiving that we were doing and decided to give more weekly than we usually do to the church. Then the next Lent, we added on another church for various reasons and also decided to give to a favorite charity in a recurring monthly payment as well. I was feeling pretty good about it, but I will tell you, a little bit challenged and stretched as far as money goes, and we also decided to give monthly to a few people in need, some people we actually knew, and then some we didn't. We were really stretching our money goals at that time, but we had always done this little by little all our lives. We were just giving more and more over time. It was in this space that I finally reached the sweet spot of becoming just a bit uncomfortable with the money that we were giving. Just like fasting and prayer, when you trust in God and do a little more than you think you can, God provides, but it is uncomfortable. It's always uncomfortable. And that's a good space to be in. In the life coaching world, when working with money, this is the concept known as giving ahead of time. And it is a practice. We were giving from our first fruits and more practicing giving ahead of time out of the funds that we would actually make someday. This is a radical concept, but it's truly life-giving. It felt so good, but really uncomfortable to the point where I would be driving my car here and there, and I would find myself thinking, you know what? I can stop that recurring payment at any time, like tomorrow. And then I would laugh and nervously say to myself, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I really do trust God. We can handle this. We can handle this. We have the money to give, and it's Lent, and this is massive action time. I will just sell more in my sales job. I'll just get my coaching business going. I know that Mike and I can do this, and it was all in my thoughts. My thoughts were literally creating my results at this time, and so we forged ahead. And you know what? God never disappoints. He challenges, but never disappoints in the return of goodness he provides in so many different ways. In fact, um, one time... A few years ago, I was at Target. It was just an early Ash Wednesday morning. I had gone to very early mass. I think it was 6.45 a.m. And um, it was early and I stopped at Target to buy a few items. And so while I was checking out, there was a woman behind me and she had, you know, she only had three items. And this is too funny. I mean, she had like a gallon of milk, 
I saw a can, like a can of soup, and then what I thought was a little box of Jello. And so it's so funny. I was like, you know, that's not very much. I'm just gonna pick that woman's. Um, I'm just gonna pick this this up for her. This this all her items. And so when it was time to pay. Um, I asked the woman if I could just pay for her items. And um, she said, no, 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 you don't have to. But oh my gosh, that, shit, that would be so nice. And so I told her I would do it. And then the cashier rung the items up on my credit card. Well, the funny thing was, is I let out this nervous laugh because the little box was not Jello. It was a $78 ink cartridge. Oh my goodness. I thought to myself, the Lord really wants to stretch me and my money. And it's so funny. I sort of put a limit on how much I was going to give. Um, and he expanded that limit. And you know what? I was actually feeling kind of uncomfortable, like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? I walked out to the car and I was kind of second guessing myself, you know, did I do the right thing here? And what's so interesting is that as I was putting my items into my car, the woman actually followed me out, thanked me again, and really gave me the story that she was in desperate need and she wasn't sure she could afford that ink cartridge, but she needed it so badly for her daughter. And just the fact that I was there to pay for that for her was so inspiring to her and she was so thankful. And she had tears in her eyes. And I, I just thought, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I followed this prompting from the Holy Spirit to pick up her items. What I thought was really small that I could afford, the Lord stretched it out a little bit. I could still afford it. And it helped my neighbor so much. And I will never forget it. It, it helped me probably more than her to just stretch my heart and to learn to go farther than I think I can go. So I just want to let you know that God prompts us all the time to pray, fast, and give. And, and the question is, do we answer? Because in my life, I know that he wants all of me. He wants my money. He wants my food, my hunger, my time. He wants my honesty and most of all, my heart. And I don't always answer, but I try really hard. And I try to listen, listen with the ears of my heart a lot more these days since I've been spiritually fasting. We have always prayed and we have given just enough many times, um, what I think sometimes is a lot actually over the years, but spiritual fasting and the focus on the fasting has really softened my heart in ways I can't explain. My life is just simply amazing in this space, and there is a newness about it every single Lent. It isn't any less challenging, I'd say more, but it's different. It's just challenging in a different way. I want to call it centered discomfort. This is the type of redemptive suffering, a, a sort of divine charity that is so freeing and filled with trust in God that you just want to go to a tiny bit farther place in your efforts. I read something in the Magnificat in 2021 that I kept, and I wanted to share it with you now. Um, it was during Lent in February of that year, and it went like this, quote, when divine charity has taken possession of our hearts... That is, when we have been called to repentance and healed by the divine physician himself, our strength is renewed, breaches are repaired, and ruined homesteads are restored. In short, all our internal divisions and conflicts are healed. When Christ calls us to follow him, we need not fear letting him know what ails us, for he only wants us to delight in the Lord." So he knows what our conflicts are. He knows what needs healing. What was ailing me 
years ago that I didn't even think about was greed, gluttony, and sloth. And in many ways, those vices still plague me just a little bit as I whittle them away over time. Before adding spiritual fasting to my life, I was a little frustrated as to how to eradicate these vices, and I could feel them, and I was confessing them. Well, spiritual fasting became the answer. I learned how to be uncomfortable for others. Interesting how you begin to fast and pray to heal others, and then what happens is that God heals you in the process. He's very much into the two-for-one deal, my friends. He always gives more than you ask, always. So... As I stepped away from my corporate job last year and that corporate paycheck, of course, well, we've had to be a little more creative with our giving for a time, but it's only a season. And I realized that money is not the only thing that almsgiving involves. So we all go through seasons and we have to be creative every single Lent to start off the year of how we're going to give to others. So besides giving of your treasure, your bank account, really concentrating on almsgiving as time, treasure, and talent can prompt important questions. Those questions are this, you know, what do I really need? Am I consuming too much? Am I providing human connection inside and outside of my church community? And I mean, the wider community in general. Am I utilizing Lent as an opportunity to see the impact that works of charity can have on others through my love and abundance offered for them? These are all the things that I struggle with and I think about. Struggling with my own ego, which is my own selfishness, my first thought of almsgiving is really about money. But although giving money is really important, there is so much more, including money. So if I'm looking for transformation in Christ, how much am I willing to pay for that in time, talent, and treasure? This reminds me of the rich young man that asked Christ what else he could do in Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 31. And Christ answered, and we know what the answer was. He said, sell all you have and follow me. And the rich young man walked away. And one of the most interesting lines of the story is this, Christ loved him and let him go. You know, the Lord asks, the Lord loves us, and the Lord lets us decide. Do we walk away or do we follow him? And the thing is, he loves us either way, But what's better for us, what's better for him, is that we follow him. How much time, talent, and treasure will you give? He always lets me know all year round, but do I do it? And that's the hard part. I do hear him with the ears of my heart. How often do we negotiate with ourselves and with God? So we say, okay, Lord, you know, I'll write you a check. Here you go. Are we good? Anything else? No. (laughs) This I take to adoration. The anything else is what I take to adoration. What else, Lord? What else? How am I doing? And you know, he always says, yeah, there is something else. Follow me. I need this talent. I need this part of your time. I need this much more of your money. And I try to follow him. It means rising to the level of my transformation through him. Transformation from the inside out comes at a high price in all three pillars, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So how much is it worth to me? Everything. Everything. It's worth everything. He is asking for my time and the gift of my presence. He is asking me to slow down and love others with my body and soul. 
He is asking me to build others up with my speech and positive humor. He is asking me to relinquish my sarcasm and my negative humor that hurts people. He is asking me to consider the power of my spoken word and the little everyday moments that shapes the lives of those that I love and work with. These are the things I'm working on in Lent with my prayer, my fasting, and my almsgiving. He is asking for my silence and the giving of my heart in spaces where I really want to give advice and I just want to put the stake in the ground of my opinion that, you know, you and I both know is 100% correct, right? Okay, not always. People don't need my opinion right now. Sometimes they just need my silence. He is asking me to consider what I truly need. And what do those around me truly need? What if all these people around me are just Jesus in disguise? I can still remember when my mom's father was dying, and that was my grandpa Kapsa, and my own father took me with him to his house as he went over to care for him and, and bathe him one evening. I waited at the kitchen table, and I could hear their conversation. My grandpa was a hard and difficult man, and he was asking my dad for forgiveness as he placed him in the water. I can remember my gentle father just reassuring him, it's all right, Andrew. It's really all right. You did the best you could. We do the best we can, Dad. That is the best example of almsgiving I've ever experienced. We are all doing the best we can. And sometimes, like in the case of my grandpa, his best was not always great. Sometimes his best was terrible. But he was human. We're all human. And through confession and the sacraments, we can forgive, we can ask forgiveness and healing through those terrible times, knowing that tomorrow is a new day to love and we can go forward in transformation. I think that is why the gospel of the transfiguration is during Lent. Jesus shows us our destination, which is heaven, where we will be transfigured as white as snow, but we must carry the cross to get there. We must lay it all down and give from the heart. My mom and dad were really good role models of this all their lives. Their best was truly great, and they showed me that. This Lent, God is asking me to journey where they went, from what I sense as repulsive to a deeper love for those that I disagree with or are even harder to love. In the Mystical City of God book, it is recalled that our Blessed Lady treated Judas with such love when he became a disciple. But Judas chose not to love back. The Lord offered Judas life and death, and he chose death. Jesus gave him every chance. We all have the choice to choose life over death. Choose life. This Lent, I have been asked to consider how others want it, not how I want it. God has asked me to shift from me and myself and my ego to they, to what they want. I just got back from living with my daughter and her husband for a couple weeks as they get ready to welcome their first child into the world. And my focus was to serve them. My focus was to fold into their lives instead of demanding that they fold into mine. I made a few mistakes, but this mindset was ultimately successful as I kept the servant attitude first and foremost in my thoughts. I puttered around cooking, cleaning, watching what they watch, joining in what they do, 
just doing what they do and loving them for every single second. It really was so enjoyable and a peaceful and beautiful two weeks. This Lent, God is asking for me to be a gift to others in my time and creativity, maybe more so than money this season. There are seasons in our lives. This Lent is mine to serve from the heart and become present in the lives of those I love. That means to be present in the joy and the sorrow and the pain, to be there for it all. One of my prayer group sisters told a story about one of her friends who was struggling with cancer. One day she walked in to find her friend lying on the floor in quite a bit of pain. And my friend just laid down on the floor next to her and held her hand in silence as if to silently say, I'm with you. I love you. I'm here to share this pain with you. She said they stayed there a while in silence. It is just what she needed. In fact, she said they both needed that time. It was pure gift of presence. And you know what? That friend ultimately beat that cancer with a lot of prayer, love, and support from those around her. So I question myself, am I laying my life down enough where it is needed? Does my family know that I am with them, that I share in their every pain? Do they know? Lent is a great time to show them. Almsgiving is a gift of self in time, talent, and treasure. It seems like it's all for others, but the most incredible thing is the Lord heals us in the process too. Lent is my time to concentrate on treating others with tenderness and invest in their inherent goodness and beauty. I can seek to find these qualities in them, even the most difficult among us, including myself. This will help bring others who are closest to us, closest to their best selves. I am invited to call forth their beauty, their truth of who God made them to be, not how they are behaving or acting. It's all about the tenderness within. Can I seek it this Lent? That is the question for me. Jesus teaches me that when I am tender towards you, then you become tender towards yourself. Yes, this is the answer. And I will sell everything, Lord, to do that for my family. I will sell everything. You always show me how. What I've learned is not to wait until I'm ready or until the pieces are in place to give up time, talent, and treasure. You have to give ahead of time. I don't have fear when using prudence and maturity. I can do it now ahead of time. I am mature. I know how to love. I want to use my maturity for a life of service to others to surrender and sell everything and obey Jesus who only takes what I have and then returns it a hundredfold. This isn't speculation. It's just how God works. We invite him in and he does the rest. I give him my loaves and fishes and he does the work of multiplication. Let him in, let him do it sell everything. He'll return it a hundredfold. Let him help you determine what everything is. Go to adoration to find out what this is. It's different for everyone in every season. All you have to do is invite him and ask him and he'll let you know. But like the rich young man, transformation costs. This is going to cost you. He'll take what you give him, even your junkiest parts of your time, talent, and treasure. No worries there. Remember, he loves your weakness. We have to start somewhere. And remember, we're all just doing our best. And sometimes our best is terrible, but it's a great place to start. And then off to confession, we go to remedy that situation right away. So see, God has it all covered if you figure out how to give it away. This, I think, is almsgiving from the heart. 
I hope this podcast was helpful to you. If it was, please consider subscribing so that others will hear the great message of spiritual fasting. You know how much I love it. And I would love everyone to get back to the sacraments this year. Together, by delaying and praying, we really can change the world for the better. And I can show you how. Have a great week, my friends. And I will talk to you next week. May God bless you and keep you always. Hey, if you're interested in learning more about spiritual fasting and permanent weight loss, then come join my course, Delay and Pray. It's a 12-week guided course for weight loss through spiritual fasting. And you won't go through it alone either. I will be there to coach you every step of the way. There's two options to choose as well, private coaching with me or join the group coaching program to join an amazing group of like-minded Catholics who have the same goal as you, to lose that weight permanently through spiritual fasting. Both options include the same amazing online course detailing what spiritual fasting is, how to do it, and all the tools you need to get you the results you're longing for. So head over to my website right now, thecatholicfastingcoach.com, and get the details on how to join. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn as well to always get the latest daily information to keep you fasting, my friends. Can't wait to see you in there. May God bless you and keep you always. Mm-hmm.